WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody, and welcome to uh, the Upfront program for this Tuesday morning. I'm Roger Bouchard, and um, we're going to interview Denise Sierra, who is a member of the Woonsocket City Council, and she is in the building. She's in the studio, and she's right in front of the microphone. Hello, Denise. Good morning, Roger. Good morning, listeners. Welcome to our program. Well, we had a city council meeting. We're going to ask you a whole bunch of other questions, too, <laughs> because it looked like that other than the energy thing that... Um, uh, you guys talked about last night, um, which we'll talk about in a moment. It looked like a relatively quiet meeting, which will give us an opportunity to uh, venture into other areas. So I hope I'm you're, in. you're in. You're ready for that. All right. It's a talk show. And if you would like to participate in it, you can. And here are the numbers. 769-0600-766-1380. Those are the telephone numbers. And... Um, if you'd like to send an email to the program, I'm freshening up that browser route right now. I think it's a browser, they call it. Um, the uh, email address is upfront at WNRI.com. And if you have something you would like to, uh, to ask of Denise or have some kind of a narrative read here on the program, you're welcome to do that. In the meantime, short of phone calls in and reading emails, we'll ask uh, a number of questions. So, are you ready? I am. Let's okay. go. Okay. All right. City Council meets last night, and uh, one of the things that um, I see uh, on the agenda, I was um, listening to a little bit of uh, the council meeting, and I hear this exchange. Um, Bill Murray, former mayor of Cumberland, uh, mm -hmm. he, he was in there uh, representing uh, the company, and uh, also um, another um, another individual. Um, TJ. T, is it PJ? It's T, T like Tom. TJ Single? Yep. Uh, I, I can't remember. I believe. Yeah. Well, anyway, he was there uh, representing the company. So, in the end, can you explain um, uh, what the city was trying to do and whether we accomplished it last night? You have the microphone. Yes. Uh, what what the objective was was to sign on to a contract, an, an energy provider, electric, Uh because our contract had expired with Constellation Energy. So right now, um, the city is currently with National Grid, and the rate is fluctuating so much that it's really behooved us to try to to try to contract, to enter into a contract with an energy company. Uh, best practice came forward. Uh, they're not really an energy company, though. They're like a management firm that manages, like, stocks and bonds for another... Uh, for a lack of a better explanation, the stocks and bonds concerning electricity. So they came in and they gave us prices. Uh, and they were two different prices. It's kind of separated out into two sections. The first one is called index. And the second one is called fixed. The index portion is actually all the other pricing other than the actual electric, like the carrying cost, the RPMs, the, the transmission costs, and all of that. Um, what we had originally, what, what they had originally proposed was us locking in to a seven-month term for the index price because the market's so volatile. They wanted to lock into a seven-month on just that portion and then go out, see what the market is doing, before we lock in to a 32-month contract. They wanted to make sure that we got the best price. Um, but we, in the other portion of that, the, the fixed price, that is actually the, and I might have it opposite, I'm sorry, the energy cost. Let me look at my notes to make sure. Yeah, the energy is the fixed price. That's the thing that we didn't want to lock into because of the volatility. We wanted to go back out. But what we wanted to do was lock in seven, month, seven months for the transmission because that's not as volatile. Ultimately, what we ended up deciding, because of the situation obviously here in, in, in Europe, um, we decided that it was better to lock in a fixed rate which includes the cost of energy and, and, and the cost of transferring it for 32 months <clears throat> rather than 
then do like a seven month package on, on fixed package on both because we weren't we weren't really comfortable with where our country was going to be in seven months from now we felt as though three years from now we, we could kind of sure up the cost of energy for the next three years so ultimately the the short of it is we ended up locking into a three-month fixed contract which secures our price for transmission as well as energy so <clears throat> they take a risk too right uh, the company that that's sure. guaranteeing this right well that's how you get those prices because like a company like best practice will go out and they'll in the corral in all these municipalities and companies and they say look it i got all these clients but you have to guarantee me the price if if the price goes up my people don't take a hit that's kind of what the best and from what i could gather best energy that's that's where they fit into the to the puzzle how long did you discuss this last night? Uh, 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Made the council meeting, uh, uh, that, that took up most of the meeting, yeah, right? Yeah, but lights out after because we yeah. made a decision. Yeah. So, um, so, we have, so do I uh, get the impression we have a three-month deal? No, we have a three-year deal. Three-year deal? Well, what's the three months that you were just talking Seven about? Seven months. Mm-hmm. Seven months was just for, um, we were going to lock into the energy portion the actual energy for mm-hmm. seven months and kind of go out there and see what the market was going to do, how the market was, to see if we wanted to extend mm-hmm. or, or perhaps go with a, a, a different provider after that period. If there were, there were other providers offering a lower price, we cannot do that. We don't have that option anymore. We felt it too risky. And listening to some of the exchange, uh, do I get the impression that this is going to be drawn up very quickly and a contract's going to be signed today or something? By 3 p.m. was the deadline for today. Uh, the, uh, obviously, the, the city solicitor has to read through the contract. The two things that uh, were crucial to us signing this contract was that we wanted to have the language of unlimited net metering, so we won't be pen- penalized for any net metering, as well as 25% of on-site solar um, energy, like we, we can take on up to 25% of on-site generation without penalty. We can also have unlimited net metering without penalty to our contract. And we were coming off a similar contract that was expiring, and so that's why we were looking at this new one. I think it is expired with mm-hmm. consolation, because currently, right now, from my understanding, we are with National Grid, which mm-hmm. is really expensive energy for us. I wonder if this is like uh, what people were doing, um, you know, uh, right now when my bill comes in, gas and electric, it's from National Grid. Mm-hmm. But you have opportunities to sign up with other companies, uh, you know, they're calling you all the time. It's exactly like that. And that's that. what the city of Woonsocket has done, and that's what we're going to do again. Yes. 36 months. 36 months. Everybody understood that last night at the uh, all seven council members? They I hope so. They great. voted on it. They voted on it? Six. Six. We, Susie was down last night. We didn't have Susie last night. Uh-huh. No Dave Susie, but, no. um, but it was six to nothing. Okay. Yeah. I think um, in the end we were trying to save money. Yes. Well, that always is the objective. Okay. Item number two uh, that's on my agenda. This is... Um, at the last council meeting, the council um, again uh, wanted to make sure that uh, it was in opposition to uh, a bill that was out there. Uh, that was two weeks ago, and that was a bill concerning single-family housing, and um, and and the council voted against uh, you know uh, that uh, bill being passed in the uh, Senate and the House. That was two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Last night, another bill has been introduced. And this time, uh, municipal employees arbitration, binding arbitration. Tell us about that. Well, uh, I guess, well, I don't guess, I know. Um, Our Senator Melissa Murray had sponsored a bill uh, which would allow the state to hire um, arbitrators, which in my business, I use arbitrators all the time, Mm -hmm. constantly in law. Um, And what what these arbitrators who have really... No, let's 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 just say really no stake in the race. They don't they don't necessarily live in our communities. They don't they don't necessarily even shop in our communities. But yet, what these arbitrators would do is is render a binding decision as to whether or not a municipality has to um, keep.
keep a certain area or a certain quota of affordable housing in their community. So obviously that's, that doesn't work for us in the city because we already do more than our fair share of that. So that's what that was. We don't want the arbitrators to come in and make a decision and say, well, Winsocket, you have to take 30% more of um, affordable housing. We say, no, 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 leave it up to the, the individual communities. The, we don't want the, the higher-ups monitoring and saying exactly what we have to do with our land. All right, there's Denise's explanation of uh, that, um, let's see, that was a resolution last night yep. at the Woonsocket City Council meeting. Um, so look at that agenda, and, um, and uh, do you see anything else uh, that you would like to um, mention from uh, last night's uh, City Council meeting? Uh, nothing in particular. I, I thought what was interesting, what, well, the owner of Black came forward um, with a, a licensing issue. I thought, I kind of feel a little differently, I think, than most people sitting up there uh, having, you know, having a history in, in owning and operating a, a restaurant, a small business in the city. I do feel a little, di- I, I, I really felt for him. Uh, I still do. <laughs> uh, when he came forward last night, which also took up, a, you know, a, a good 15 or 20 minutes of our of our meeting time, I think that that was probably the third most substantial. Well, before you get uh, too in, into it, uh, listener says uh, uh, on black. Uh, that's the name of the restaurant, black. right? Just yep. uh, black. Uh, my comment is in regards to the black restaurant being singled out mm-hmm. for one neighbor that complained about uh, this uh, long-standing bar in the community. I'm deeply disappointed that the restaurant is being targeted by the council. While they are trying to uh, do is uh, stay open during, uh, as the emailer described it, during a freaking pandemic. And and yet, they are required to buy some kind of sound barrier for the business, um, and no one else is required to. He has zero direction as to what uh, to buy, and then ask for a sound barrier expert to come down and inspect it. I don't know if there's anything else left to this email. If there is... Um, I think you got the gist of it. Yeah, I got the gist of and it. And I 100% agree with that. Uh-huh. I do. I, I feel the same way. And, and the first time this matter came up, um, I spoke out in opposition to it because I do feel that exact same way. I don't, I don't think that Kays has to put up the same sound barriers. I don't think that uh, the Post 85 puts up the same sound barriers. Um, I, I, and, I, and honestly, all I can remember is the Walmart deal. There were three squawky neighbors up in that area. Three. That's why all of our business is currently on 146. Mm-hmm. I have an issue with one or two people dictating how, how a business is going to operate when a business pays the highest amount of taxes. And he happens to own that building. Mm-hmm. He doesn't lease it. He owns it. He pays property tax on it. And his business brings in people from outside communities that spend money in our community. Yeah, I have a big problem with how this was handled. But I'm only one. Well, how was it handled? Well, I, <clears throat> what, I mean, what ultimately I, ended up happening was it was explained that he technically does have a license, a, a li- an entertainment license, but it's kind of in, in limbo until the spring comes and he has to put up a sound barrier and the, the, the emailer is exactly 100% right. There's no real direction. Is the sound barrier a portion of the tent? Is it a, is it a row of alvavites? Is it a brick wall? Like, this poor guy doesn't even know what he has to build and erect. Or in order to satisfy the restrictions that were put out on his license. Personally, I I hate it. I hate the way it it all went down. And I I truly don't feel that it is correct. I feel it's discriminatory. I've said it at a council meeting and I'll say it again. I don't like it. I found the rest of the email that said... um uh, he has zero direction as to what to buy and then mm-hmm. ask for a second barrier expert to come down and inspect it. If anyone should be given uh, any American uh, Rescue uh, Fund's money, it should be this gentleman who is investing in our community and yep. trying to help people be employed. No question 
just thoroughly disgusted. Thank you, says uh, this uh, particular email. Well, he's not going to get an argument from me because I'll tell you, if I was on Casav and that was me up there, I, I probably wouldn't have been smiling the whole way through <laughs> like he was. I, I just don't think I would be. I would be very upset. So uh, was that um, – he wasn't being summoned – uh, he was applying for uh, a license, right? Every, every year. That license comes up quarterly, four mm -hmm. times a year, mm -hmm. your entertainment license. Your liquor comes up once, but your entertainment comes up four times. So what had happened in September is Councilman Ward um, was, uh, I guess, contacted by a neighbor, one neighbor, two neighbors. I'm not sure because he didn't really divulge how many people were upset with the volume um, in that area. So uh, his license had come up in September. And Councilman Ward brought it up, and what had happened was the council ended up voting, which I was a nay on, um, to issue his license with two restrictions. One was till 9 o'clock, which he didn't even want. He quits at 8, eight the entertainment quits between 8 and 8.30, so why would you extend it to 9? It made no sense, but they did. Um, and the second portion of that was to put up a sound barrier. Then when his license came up again at the end of December for the first quarter, it was tabled because he hadn't put the sound barrier up. Well, what's he supposed to do? Go out there in two feet of snow and put up a sound barrier? Like, it, it just, none of it made, I'm sorry, I, none of it makes sense. I cannot agree with my colleagues at all on this. So, um, in, in the end, what was the vote and, uh, and uh, they approved it, right? Well, they approved it, but he can't. The, the, the biggest issue is right now he's booking out all of he have, you have to book out ahead you can't book entertainment for June in June he has to book it out now so he, I think his his biggest issue was that how can he in good faith book out thousands and thousands of dollars worth of entertainment when he doesn't know if his license is going to truly be issued I mean he could technically put up you know a, a, a barrier and then the fire guys go by and say hey no this isn't adequate and it, it, it just I, I i'm just not happy with the the end result of that was there some discussion moving on to another topic uh, at the council meeting concerning uh the use of the um, motel uh the Woonsocket motor in mm -hmm. apparently we we spent a seventy thousand bunch of money uh, mm -hmm. uh will that continue that program yes well, you know, um, this is not uh, television, but I'm looking across the studio, and you're saying yes, but I, I, I don't think you're happy about this. I'm not. All right. Would you tell us why you're not happy about well, this? Well, there's, there's a couple of different reasons. I don't know how blunt, you know, people want me to be. But well, be as blunt as you can, I, be, uh, because uh, I, let I, me tell you, the look on, look on Denise Sierra's face was... Uh, why the hell are we doing this? Yeah, right, yeah. right. And, I, and I'm still scratching my head on that because, first of all, $70,000 to go to the Winsocket Motor Inn, um, in my opinion, is an excessive amount of money for a business that, quite honestly, I don't think serves our community very well. Mm -hmm. So now they got seventy grand in three months. They probably... I mean, I don't know the hotel business. You would probably know it a little better than me. But it sounds like an awful lot of money. I mean, I would have loved to have that influx in my restaurant at times, 70 mm -hmm. grand from the city, to subsidize an issue that the whole, the whole country is dealing with. Um, I felt, I feel as though it was a very poor use of, uh, and I know the administration and many of my peers don't agree with me, but I feel as though it was a poor use of 70000 I would have liked to see that money or perhaps just a little bit more applied to something that would have had a much more long-term effect on the homeless population in our city. So uh, using a motel, um, uh, that's about 17000 a month of yep. income. And uh, the motel rooms are less than a hundred bucks a night, and so that's a hundred and you know a hundred and seventy nights of rentals. That's that's a lot of good in income. It's more than four months, yeah. So, uh, so we're extending the program. Yes, because apparently it got a late start. Mm -hmm. So now um, they're going. The council will be looking to extend that to April fifteenth. So does that mean new money or just um, the 70000 that was originally allocated uh, because it wasn't spent early in, the, um, in January? It's, it's you, that Linda Plays will have more opportunity 
to use that money for a longer period of time. That's my understanding. It, I, I don't. I, I wasn't kept abreast of why the program got a late start. Mm-hmm. Um, but as it was, it, everyone heard last night. The program got a late start, which puts you know a couple more bucks in the bank for them to use at, on the back end. Um, this um, when John Ward, uh, who uh, gives us. Um, a synopsis of what happened at the city council meeting. Uh, we, we play that in the news mm-hmm. previous to your arrival. When he finished, um, finished his report, he said uh, that the, um, the, they didn't even get a, a, a lack of a second when somebody introduced a, a, a piece of, uh, I don't know if it was, yeah, I guess it's new business, authorizing the mayor to allocate $500,000 of rescue funds to secure a full-service retail grocery store. Nobody even wanted to discuss it. What, what Because it doesn't make sense. What was going on there? <laughs> well, I think, first of all, we had no, no prep on that whatsoever. That was, some, that was what appeared on, on our docket. So mm-hmm. there was no conversation about how to entice a supermarket to come into a, a full-service supermarket to come into our community. So here it is. It, sho- it shows up on the docket Thursday with no... Mm-hmm. With with no background, um, and to try, you know, in thinking about it, like why would the administration need half a million dollars to get a private business to come in here and and operate? Why wouldn't you just solicit private business like you do in every other form? It well, they needed five hundred thousand dollars to buy Barry Field from the school committee, and then uh, is that it? Is that it? I don't know. <laughs> but you know what we're going to do with this question? Uh, the mayor will be here tomorrow. So I'm going to give that to Jeff Gamash and say, yeah. hey, Jeff, uh, ask the mayor why she put that on the agenda. That's and, cute. And what it was uh, all about. Right? Yeah. And we will ask her. I think ultimately it's to turn around and say, hey, the city council doesn't care about getting a supermarket in here. Well, that's the furthest thing from the truth. The, the thing of it is that no one's willing to stroke a check for half a million. Mm-hmm. Let's get some private business to come in here and, and, and start their, their business. So you don't know what that... Half a million was uh, going how, to be used for. How it would for. be used, right. It was never explained, so I don't know. We have more to uh, discuss with uh, Denise Sierra. She's a member of the council. And, yes, we'll get to the canal district. And, yes, we'll get to uh, the dog um, the, the dog pound, right? Yes. Uh, right. And we call it an animal shelter. We do not want to upset our dogs. Uh-huh. And the word pound would... It's not good. Right, right? They don't like the word pound, right? Well, they feel, you know, uh-huh. they, they feel as though they've, they've surpassed that now. Back in a moment here on the Upfront program, uh, opening at 4 this afternoon with Savini's. The go-to place for authentic Italian dining is Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. Over 20 Italian dishes made to order from our menu or experience our Sicilian-style pizza. Build your own while you choose from your veggies, meats and cheeses, and of course our traditional family-style chicken. Chicken dinner is offered every day. Savini's Pomodoro on Rathbun Street with affordable accommodations for weddings, birthdays, anniversaries, and business meetings. Close Mondays open Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays at noon. For reservations, call 762-5114. That's 762-5114. Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar, 476 Rathbun Street, Woonsocket. Inviting you to join us at our family-owned businesses, Savini's or Ciro's. Perfect for any event. Soup and salad bar now available, and Papa Savini's famous roasted chicken and noodle soup also available by the 32-ounce jar to take home at Savini's Pomodoro. Matthew and Nell invite you to drop off your laundry at M&N Laundromat. We wash, dry, fold when you drop off for only a dollar a pound. Includes detergent, bleach softener, dryer sheets with clear plastic bags. Pickup and delivery is available too. We have all commercial front load machines, 20 pounds, 30, 40, 60 pounds, and 80 pound washers. And enjoy our 65 inch flat screen TV and free Wi-Fi while you're here. Commercial accounts are also welcomed, including nursing homes and restaurants. We have the equipment to do the big jobs with washers up to 100 pounds and dryers up to 45 pounds. Have a question? Call us at 769-9661. The husband and wife team, Matthew and Nell, invite you to stop by our 389 Willow Street location. Matt is a Woonsocket native and proud to say M&N Laundromat is locally owned and operated. 
Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket, still featuring flip-flop wines. A California winery that has crafted a variety of wines that are fun, fruit-flavored, with amazing taste. Listen to what we have. Two bottles of flip-flop wine for $10, including Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pink Moscato, regular Moscato, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio. Again, two bottles for $10, mix and match. And our newest wine edition comes from Italy. Check out the Stella Rosa Collection. It's a semi-sweet wine offered in a variety of tastes, including peach, blackberry, blueberry, watermelon, and green apple to mention a few, and affordably priced at $11.99 or $12.99. Goes well with a wide range of appetizers, entrees, and desserts. And yes, we continue the best price in town on Bud or Bud Light, 30-pack, $26.47 plus tax. We're open daily, 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. For a great selection of beer and wine and spirits, you can count on Champs Liquors, 481 Clinton Street. We're going to get back to uh, chatting with uh, Denise Sierra, council member. But uh, just a little bit on the honey shop at 1300 uh, Park Avenue here in Woonsocket. I want to mention their keto section for those who uh, are into uh, making sure that they're lowering their carbohydrates and their sugar intake. Uh, some people have elected to uh, join Weight Watchers, and some people um, do uh, on their own a keto diet. And uh, there are some um, some items that you can buy if that's the kind of thing that uh, that you like. And I I'll tell the story one more time when Stephen Pryor, Rhode Island Commerce Secretary, was in town about two weeks ago with uh, Governor McKee. They visited Park Square Florist. And then they went over to uh, the honey shop next door at 1300 Park Avenue. And Stephen Pryor, who was pretty uh, soft-spoken guy, uh, discovered the keto shop over at um, the honey shop. And he's on the keto diet. And he must have bought $100 or more worth of stuff there. And you, too, uh, can, can buy it. Uh, the Honey Shop carries uh, keto options. Uh, they have uh, a company called Choc Zero, and they make a, a chocolate syrup or a maple syrup or caramel syrup for your pancakes or whatever. And um, no carbohydrates, uh, no, no sugars. And, and then there's um, what we call the, the Keto uh, and Company, uh, and they make a pancake and waffle uh, baking mix. And they also make a dark chocolate uh, pudding mix and a flatbread mix. And when these things uh, are made, um, they come out like um, two or three carbohydrates as opposed to, uh, you know, like 35 and 40 that uh, the regular products do. So if you're looking for low-carb, uh, sugar-free items to uh, supplement your keto uh, diet. You'll find them at the Honey Shop in addition to a lot of other things. And one of the things that are very popular are our workshops. Um, wood-burning workshops. We have a cheese workshop where they were making uh, cheese. Um, as a matter of fact, that's coming up on the 26th of March. And uh, they just had their sour dough bread workshop uh, that uh, this past Sunday. So uh, that's another thing that they do. And then, of course, what we call our basic business at uh, the uh, Honey Shop, and and that's uh, selling gourmet foods, health foods, and natural remedies. Hope you'll stop by. Let's get back to our show. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Denise Sierra is in studio, low carbohydrates. <laughs> Keto. <laughs> right. Welcome back to uh, our microphone. All right. Let's um, review the uh, the city council meeting uh, from uh, last night. Uh, I'm looking to see if I I meant uh, I I left anything out uh, of of interest. Um, uh, skateboard park uh, is that mm -hmm. um, still coming along? Well, I hope so. That was my legislation. Um, I'm looking to obviously, we, we set aside uh, $55,000 in the last budget cycle to make improvements to that park. So uh, we're going to go out for RFP and see what it costs to replace one of the, uh, I think they call it a quarter pipe. One of the big attractions in the skate park was, was removed last year. And we're looking to see uh, what we're going to do with that as well as put a couple of other uh, jumps into the park to make it, um, to expand it. All right. 
another thing uh, that the council did, uh, there's a developer on Railroad Street. He, he took a, a pretty ugly building. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, um, uh, for those who are uh, maybe not, don't know what we're talking about, uh, where Ciro's is, there's a parking lot to the left of Ciro's. And right across the street from that parking lot is that building. And uh, these guys um, made renovations, and they needed they needed permission to... Uh, have an exterior entrance exit way for their property and they needed permission of the council i guess you didn't you didn't fight that too much huh no we're just going to make sure that it doesn't um encroach in a way um because that's a busy area congested area obviously and the parking is an issue so we want to make sure that the um the stairwell that they're building doesn't you know infringe on any 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 zoning laws like the distance is, is left for for passerbys and things of that nature so we just have to make sure it, it fits in um anything on um the use of um of uh, american rescue funds discussed anything on um any new hirees uh, for the city of Woonsocket? Anything that uh, you learned from last night's meeting? I did learn, but not at the meeting, that um, there was, I, I don't know what position I was talking to, our new planning director, uh, Mike DeBroyce, and he said that he had hired somebody this week for that department, which is extremely exciting, because that department does need to be fully staffed. That's all of our projects, all of our future income. So I was really excited to hear about that. Um, as far as ARPA money, just, just half a million to find a... a grocery store. All right. More on that one tomorrow. All right. Uh, Now, I'm going to uh, use one item from the docket uh, to uh, lead us into um, another part of uh, our discussion. If you're just joining us, Denise Sierra is here, and she's a member of the Woonsocket City Council. We're reviewing as we do. What we do is we ask members of the City Council in a rotating way to uh, come in and chat with us about uh, the issues of the day. As it relates to um, the meeting the night before, and that's um, anything else, or we no, can move on. No, I think on. we covered. Okay. Yeah, everything I had taken notes on last night. All right. So, looking at the docket, um, I think there was something on the docket that called for the naming of somebody to um, the um, canal district. Uh, yes. And uh, so, who is that person, and 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 uh, and did that happen? Uh, yes, it did. It was Attorney Jessica Deese. We've added her to our committee because obviously we need some legal expertise going oh. forward. Mm-hmm. So she was named, and uh, it it wasn't even a matter of passing. It's just an appointment made by the council president. All right. So I'm going to talk about the Woonsocket Heritage Canal District Committee, um, and um, see if I can. Uh, rattle your cage here um, mm-hmm. and uh, get a little more controversy going. So there's a, a <laughs> I'm reading the Valley Breeze on the call. They, they basically both did the, the same story. There's two conflicting mm-hmm. uh, there's two conflicting ideas and there's only one piece of real estate to put it on. Right. right. So um, what is um, what's going to happen here? Does the administration prevail because they're the sitting administration or those like uh, um, it looks like there's uh, not a meeting of minds on this. No, there's two, there's definitely two different camps. There is uh, obviously the Heritage Canal Committee, who that, now that committee was obviously put together to explore the feasibility of putting um, a canal in that area, which would start roughly where the Woonsocket Motor Inn is, and travel, meander all through, ending at River Island Park versus um, the administration's uh, pitch for a linear park in that very same area. So the question becomes, you know, for the taxpayer, do we want to plant grass and maintain grass or do we want to slow things down a little bit and see if we can possibly plant businesses and tenants in that area instead. Now, uh, with the canal district uh, plan, that calls for all private development. Uh, I mean, uh, usually builders or or developers uh, spend their own dough. Yes, it's my understanding that that is, it's private development. Uh, There's, uh, would we need the city to assist perhaps in some... um, most of that that city is most of that land is city owned already, 
the, the proposed area. So there's a very few areas where we would have to uh, negotiate with private uh, landowners. So we do need the city to obviously jump aboard, yes. You need that cooperation. Right, and, and honestly, we, we need a plan in the city. We need a plan to bring more business and, and more market rate um, apartments into our area. We, we lack that. We lack com- commerce and we lack, the, obviously, some market rate built, uh, apartments. So, and this plan does that. I think it's worth putting the brakes on another linear park that will cost the taxpayers money as opposed to reduce the tax burden. Now, there are a couple of uh, ex-officio members of this committee, and mm-hmm. you're one of them, and Mr. Gillette is? Yes. Yeah. So, when Mr. Gillette was here a couple of weeks ago, and also in a subsequent phone call that he made to Larry Poitras, uh, he said, listen, this uh, canal uh, committee is, we're only studying the feasibility right. uh, of, this, uh, of this plan. Uh, so, therefore, um, you know, why should anybody make any decisions about whether it's bad or good? Because uh, the study, you're still in the studying stage, right? Oh, very much so. So, yes. I think a lot of people want to see all renditions and they want to know who the developers are and, and, and so forth. But that's still a, a ways off. Huh? Renderings are coming. Um, as far as who the developers are, that's not really what, what we're working on right now. What mm-hmm. we're working on is 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 this possible? <laughs> Can we do this? And what? how long will it take? Where will it be? Um, and is it worth going forward with this 10-year plan? It's not a, you'll see pictures, because yes, of course. I mean, you can see pictures on, on Wasakit past and present. A lot of the renderings are, are posted on that. Um, and you will see it when this committee, well, the, the leaders, not, not myself and Mr. Gillette, but when they present to the city council, which will be hopefully done the first week of April. Now, Mayor Lisa Baldelli-Hunt has another idea, mm-hmm. the linear park. And, um, and I've noticed that with the council, sometimes the council has actually had to pass resolutions forcing uh, the administration to go to, um, uh, you know, to an RFP mm-hmm. uh, because um, they won't do it on their own. Uh, I'm not trying to cause any trouble, Denise. Of course, you know that, right? <laughs> you get no troubles with RFPs right. in this city. <laughs> right. So I'm not going to try to cause any trouble. But do you think it's going to come to the point where the council is going to have to pass resolutions instructing the city to cooperate? Because apparently this is not a city hall project. Well, let's hope it doesn't doesn't go in that direction. It may. But again, I mean, the voters have to be paying attention now. That you have to be listening because... The, the future of our city is, is hanging in the balance here. Do we want to plant grass or do we want to plant businesses? Well, I got the impression that since the council had to create the, the commission, the you know, uh, it looked like it wasn't going to be created by the administration. So it looks like you might have to create a few more things. Oh, God, Roger, I hope not. Because there is not, if we both work together, the end result can be far better than, than one person ever thought. Uh, do you have some earphones there? Oh, um, yeah, you're right gonna, now. Right. I'm uh, in. Right. Yep. I'm going to take my glasses right. off. All right. Take your glasses off. And then, uh, <laughs> and then if you hear me. Am I in there? Testing one, two, three. Yes, I believe you are. You can hear me? I can. Or do you need to turn up volume control number one there to make me louder? Hello, hello, Denise. Can you hear Roger? Okay, let's Roger. go for a phone call here. What do you want to tell uh, Denise Sierra today on the Upfront program? I, I just... Wanted to uh, think about something yeah. as far as uh, Beaupont's plan goes. Uh-huh. The mayor's plan, yes, it looks very lovely with two rows of trees, but trees do not pay taxes. <laughs> and everything that Mr. Beaupont suggests is going to be guaranteed with a performance bond. That's my two cents. All right, well, thank you for your two cents. We appreciate it. You know, um, I think Mr. Bopalant, um wants uh, him to, his name to fade in the background because uh, this is not just him now. This is That's like, right. I think we're around 14 people. 
Well, we have an advisory committee. They're not really committee members. Those are the people that we look for, look to when we have questions about certain aspects of the plan. There's uh, eight eight members on the eight eight members on the committee. Yeah, and then and then two 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 well, counselors two and some advisory some. positions as well. All right, and you have an architect there because he was in the station the other day. Uh, oh, we um, have we have all the bases covered. We yeah. have architect, marketing, someone who's a, who's very well versed in building financial packages for something like this. Uh, attorneys, we have we have it all. All right, so uh, to uh, close the discussion uh, on the new canal district plan, uh, this uh, is um, in the future. Uh, it's yep. preliminary. It's in the early stages. I don't want to use pregnancy, but um, we're in the... Yeah, what that's do they call it? Which, which, Gestation? Uh, Gestation? <laughs> yes. Well, you know... Warwick, that was a bad example, but it uh, works for me. We're a little behind, actually, because there are other communities doing mm-hmm. great things. They had put together committees, and they're actually in the building phase now. So we're a little behind. I wish we could have done it before when the money was flowing. Here's another uh, question from somebody. Hello. Uh, what, do you, uh, what do you want to say? Good morning, Denise. Good morning, Raj. Good morning. Hey, listen, I, I missed a little bit of the show. I was out picking up my recycling bins. They were blowing all over the, all over the place <laughs> yeah. out there. I was chasing but, a flag this morning. I got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I don't know if I missed it, but did you guys talk anything about the old high school and Park Place? If there's anything at all you can tell us uh, in the near future that's going to happen with that building? We, I'll hang up and listen okay, to Okay, we didn't, but uh, it's on my oh. agenda of things to oh, ask okay. her about. It is. All right, all right, all right. thank you. <laughs> thank you, sir. Uh, all right. So, anyway, finishing up this other discussion, um, I was, I was going to say it was in the first semester or what are they, of pregnancy. Is that yeah, what they that, call them? Semesters, right, yeah, semesters, right. yeah, trimesters, semesters, yeah. Right. So, uh, it's still early in the game. <laughs> so, um, so, stay tuned for more on the district uh, canal district plan next up uh, well since the guy brought it up the gentleman brought it up uh, what is the story with uh, the middle school project uh, does somebody want to have a little vegetable uh, garden there or they want to do apartments or uh, is there no plan um old middle school we're talking about I- i'm gonna say there's no plan Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you're giving me a choice between those two answers. Uh, it had come before the council uh, maybe four to six weeks ago, uh-huh. okay, r- roughly in that time frame. And we were uh, apprised of potentially what wanted to be done in that building. But the issue that the council had is that this particular developer has shown us maybe three or four different plans over the last, uh, since 2015. So we're not really sure what exactly this developer wants to do. Therefore, uh, we can't really ink any and anything on a contract because we're not really sure. It, it constantly changes. So the issue is not dead. No. Nope. It sounds like uh, you just want more uh, substantive uh, things to decide upon. Right. We really want to know for sure what they want to utilize that building for because um, everything that we had heard prior to what we heard six weeks ago was not was not vegetables. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't vegetables. It was hemp, right? Yes. Uh, as I understand it. But is hemp such a bad thing to grow? Um, well, no, but think about this, okay? You're growing hemp in the basement and you're saying that you're going to put so many one-bedroom luxury apartments upstairs. Who in their right mind would live in a building that smells like pot all day? Mm-hmm. And that's already a, di- a difficult area for our police department, for a, a fire. Like, that's already a tough area to police. I, I, it just doesn't... I, I don't know how those two things can work together. I, myself, as an empty nester, would never think about living in a building that smells like it smells mm-hmm. i wouldn't know well drive down east school street you can smell yes <laughs> right. it, it, in the summer Whew. all right so um uh, i hope that our caller uh, I, I i'm gonna summarize for the caller who inquired about the middle school yeah there has been some interest yes and yes uh, the council um has heard some discussion of what they would like to do but no, it hasn't been thorough and detailed enough 
to uh, give an approval. Plus, they have to abide by the same rules and regulations that the administration put in the uh, contract that they did for Tau. I don't think the council is going to move on that. All right. Um, another question. Uh, your comment, please, for Denise Sierra. Yes, sir. So as far as the smell of hemp, to my knowledge, now I can't cite the exact rule, but to my knowledge, any hemp growing facility in the state of Rhode Island has to have the proper HVAC system to actually filter out so there can be basically zero net smell of of hemp anywhere, whether it's going to go up through the floorboards, whether it's going to go outside. Now, whether or not that's actually going to happen, I mean, we we have enforcement for that. So if, if so... I, I, don't, I still don't get the stigma around hemp. This any time there's a discussion of hemp, there's some reason not to have it. It's like we got to just get into 2022 now, people. It's it's. I mean, the 50s are over. I think it's this time we embrace this. It's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. That's my comment. Yeah, and it will be legalized by the General Assembly. I think before the end of the session, mm-hmm. that's marijuana anyway. Um, so, do you put this in the same category as what the gentleman's talking about, or? What do you think? Well, I can't tell you that I'm, I'm 100% against gr- the growing of hemp. I, I understand, and I also understand the, the capital that can be brought to our uh, state because of it. Uh, but there are certain things that you have to ensure, and they, I don't know that they belong, that a place like that belongs in an area like that. It's a residential area. That's like, say, for instance, there's a fire. It, that's not an easy area to move in and out of. It's congested. I just don't know that that is well, I, I don't know that that is what I want there. Animal shelter. Collision costs. Mayor wants this on one side of the river. You want that on the other side of the river. That seems to be the way I understand it. Oh, uh, yeah. So who's going to win this? Uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm, We're talking about the animals. Who's going to win for the animals? What's best for the animals? Well, if you're gonna, if you're asking me my opinion, I'm asking you. Right? <laughs> I think it's pretty right. clear. The mayor is not in this uh, room. I don't. Um, I don't support a build out at River Island Park. I think it's a frivolous use of money. Um, plus, we all know, uh, we all heard Director D'Agostino say it was a seasonal park. I mean, you can't seasonally take care of animals because there's an issue with plowing that park because of the permeable layer that's been put underneath it in, uh, amongst other things so I, I i just don't think that we need to to endure the expense of a build out when we have a building that can be upgraded and is in a very good area now as i understand it there are two things going on here number one isn't there uh, uh, a directive to get a, a quote on how to uh, fix the animal shelter on your side of the we river? We have it. The RFP came in. All right. And B, can the mayor establish an animal shelter um, without the authority of the council and just say, well, here it is. I'm the mayor. I got an, an- animal shelter here. Well, and she, I'm moving the animals. She has to have the money to do it. Mm-hmm. And the money comes from the council. Mm-hmm. Unless she, you know, squirrels away some, some funds that we don't oversee. Which I don't, there's not a lot, because we do oversee the CDGB funding, the APRA money. Well, the way I see this, uh, Denise, is that the city council will get its way on, on the animal shelter. I hope you're right. Well, what do you, uh, that's, it sounds like the, the council has the authority. If they're building, if they've got an R, uh, what do they call them? R, RFPs. Right. And it uh, came yeah. in, you said. Yep. And then, do you know what the, uh, what, what the... Um, I'm not, I don't know if I'm supposed to say the amount. All right, well then there... It was it, high. Right, it was high. Yeah, which I enough? expected, because right. of course it's going to be high. Was there more than one bid? <laughs> no, one. Right, just one bid. <laughs> so there it is. Um, uh, but let, whether it's high or not, let's say the council says, yeah, build, build it out. Then yes, it has to be done. Mm-hmm. Especially if we put it in the form of an ordinance versus a resolution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we learned that. Uh-huh. And how do you, uh, uh, how do you, I know the Roger Gillette likes dogs, all right, so there's a boat. That, you know. Does Dan Gentron have a dog? You know, He's not an animal lover, yeah, but he a, certainly understands the role yeah. that they play in people's lives. Do you have the votes, I guess, is what I'm asking. Yes. Yeah, you have the votes? Yes, of course, because so I mean, we, we all get it. So we think, uh, based on that, that the animal shelter will end up 
where it is, but uh, just built out nicely. Honestly, I, I truly hope so, because there's nothing more than I want to dedicate that in the fall. We're out of time. Do you want to say anything special to our listeners? I oh, are you running for office? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you oh, that's for- a fun question to sneak right. in at the end, well, Roger. Roger Gillette said yes when he was here last time. And then in front of that, we had uh, a visit from, from uh, I think, Mr. Mr. Gendron. I think he said yes. He was running again. I think everybody's saying yes. I'm not so sure about Dave Susie though. I've got the, I've got feeling. I've I've heard vibes out there that he may be, <laughs> may be thinking of um, looking at Mr. Lima's job. You know. Yes, Dave. Yeah. Have you heard that? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So what about you though? Is Denise here? We're going to be on the ballot in November. Uh, to be honest with you, Roger, I haven't really. F- truly decided i'm trying to talk to tony to see where where we want to land right do you want to be uh, uh I, oh i want to continue to help my community mm-hmm. and serve my as long as i'm here uh-huh. i do want to serve my community i don't think that you finished your work i think you have to run denise you do not have the dog pound i don't right excuse me Animal the skate park. yes right the things that i right. i know right your work is not done and on the this canal district thing yes yeah Yes, that's, so, a, that's so exciting to me. So I'm arbitrarily saying that Denise <laughs> will be on the ballot in November, you know, even though she doesn't want to. Well, well you just, just right. vote for me, Roger, right. that's all. And next time I see Tony at the Savini Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar, I'll have a talk with him about it and say how important it is. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Roger. Good day. Good day. We have a few commercials to take care of, and then we'll... We'll be on our cruise. Enjoyable dining or your favorite pickup order to go from Grumpy's Restaurant in Bellingham. Open seven days a week with a great luncheon menu starting at just $5.99. And a little full menu from burgers to steaks to seafood and great Italian dishes including tasty pizzas. One of the best menus in the area. Hungry today or tonight? Well, come on in and enjoy friendly service, reasonable prices, and great food at Grumpy's. Call ahead for a pickup order or place a reservation to dine in at 508-883-0101. Grumpy's, 190 Pulaski Boulevard in Bellingham. Grubhub delivery available. All right, and uh, don't forget they have those uh, $10 dinner specials Monday through Thursday. What a great deal, um, like uh, chicken cacciatore or baked manicotti or honey jack chicken. That's at Grumpy's, Pulaski Boulevard in South Bellingham. And uh, I think I have time to uh, remind you... Um, about uh, Scott McGee, and uh, you know he's um, he's a real estate agent, and if you're buying or selling, Scott McGee is uh, the uh, the guy that you um, you want to talk to. So uh, give him a call, um, and make sure that uh, that he lists your property, and he'll make sure that it will be sold quickly. Nine o'clock in the morning.